Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Amen, amen, amen. Somebody say amen. amen. Praise God. The book of John chapter 4. Thank you, Lord, for your sweet presence tonight. John chapter 4. Amen. John 4, verse 4. There's the unique verse that that I think should get in all of our heart. It says, and he must needs go through Samaria. Some that would probably, probably try to find the path from point A to point B would say, well, the Lord was just a man of practicality, taking some shortcut to where he was going. But that's not why he went to Samaria. He went there because there was a woman there that had been rejected by society, who had sin in her life that needed salvation. We call her the woman at the well. Somehow, by the end of Jesus visiting with her, she said, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Aren't you glad Jesus came to your well and where you were and offered you salvation? Amen. He, he had sent his disciples grocery shopping because he knew they wouldn't, they wouldn't uh, accept his company. He was discipling them and knew that they wouldn't permit him to witness to this woman. He was changing the way they think. When they got back and they offered him the groceries that they had received, and uh, verse 31 says, in the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. What was that meat? Therefore said the disciples one to another, hath any man brought him out to eat? What do you mean? You had meat that we don't know. We went and got food for you. Did you eat? Somebody feed you while we were gone? And Jesus said to them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. That is the satisfaction that I'm talking about. That's the meat I'm talking about. That's what is satisfying me is to do the will of God. Everybody say the will of God. Verse 35, and he commands them, say not ye, there are yet four months and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is the same true, one soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestowed no labor. Other men labored and ye are entered into their labors. What's he talking about? He's talking about a harvest. Everybody say a harvest. What, what is the harvest? It's, it's souls, it's people. Amen. Paul said one plants, one waters, but God giveth the increase. 
If there is one thing that should move all of us in this building, it is that another soul has been saved. Come on, every sinner ought to rejoice. I mean, every saint ought to rejoice when a sinner repents. Everybody, that is something that ought to move us. Amen. I'd like to preach from this portion of Scripture on focusing on the harvest. You may be seated. Jesus, in his teaching, he, he taught by parable, he taught by stories, but he also taught by example. I think sometimes we get in our mind what a harvest looks like. I think, think in our mind we picture who can be saved, and I think sometimes we picture who can't be saved. Uh, remember that he's the Lord of the harvest. And he can save whoever he wants to. The Bible says he added to the church daily such as should be saved. Harvests do not come by accident. A harvest happens because somebody sowed the seed. What is the seed? The seed is the word of God. What is the soil? The soil, it, uh, the soil is the people. The soil is is souls of men. The Bible says, how can you hear without a preacher? And how can he preach except he be sent? For faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How many believe that? Amen. How can you call on him in whom you have not believed? And how can you believe on him in whom you have not heard? That's what Romans 10 says. Meaning that until you hear of him, you don't even know to call upon him because certainly he hadn't had a chance to believe on him. Another verse says that if the gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. It has always been the will of God to take the gospel to everybody, amen, whether they've heard it or have not heard it, amen. He, he said it's something like this. He said, you will be witnesses unto me in Judea, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. It has been and is still the will of God that the gospel be preached to every person on the face of the earth. That is the will of God. He sent them in twos from house to house to preach the kingdom is near you. He, he tells us that there's different types of soil that the seed can land on. And he tells us that it's not up to you on where it lands, but everybody needs a chance to hear it. The Bible says there was different types of ground, but when it landed on fertile ground, when it landed on good ground, that they produced 30, 60, even 100 fold fertile soil. I can't determine in my mind, I can't make up in my mind who's gonna receive it or not. It's my job and the church's job to get everybody to hear the word of the Lord and let it fall where it falls and let it be received by whom it's gonna be received by. Amen. But what God never intended is for us to lock ourselves in a four-walled building and we just sit in here and preach to each other and, and encourage one another and we stay in here and we call ourselves the church and that's just what we do to Jesus comes because we're afraid of the world. That's never been the will of God. 
It should be the will of God that all of us that leave this building, we go into the harvest field believing that God is gonna, re- God is gonna gather a harvest from all over Zanesville, different areas of around the, of this city, uh, go to different countries, and that when the gospel is preached by who? Not the preacher, but the saints of God. We leave it up to the preacher. Oh, if I can just get somebody to the church, I want, you, I want them to bring them to hear the, the evangelist. I want them to come and hear the pastor. Let me tell you something. They need to hear you. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, you're now the preacher. I didn't say go start your own church now. Your house is an opportunity to preach the gospel. Your friends, your coworkers, plants to, is a chance to preach the gospel. My dad would tell his story of how he would been healed and miracles and he'd tell stories on the job and he'd talk about the Lord at work and uh, during the lunch break. He wouldn't, he wouldn't witness when he was on, on the pay scale. He's, he'd work on the pay scale because that's what an honest man does. But when it was lunchtime and he could do what he's supposed to do, he would witness. And when he would start talking about Jesus, guess what? When you talk about Jesus, he always shows up. Wasn't long and two coworkers were repenting, being baptized in the name of Jesus and being filled with the Holy Ghost. Families were coming to the Lord. People were being healed. You know why? Because he was preaching the gospel. Not from a pulpit, but at a workplace. I preach to you today that thank God for pulpits and thank God for preachers. But the church has got to focus on the harvest as well. It can't be something that's a Sunday event. It has to be a Monday through Saturday event that is celebrated on Sunday. That's what the harvest really has to be. It can't be what the preacher's doing. It's what you are doing. There's one thing today that I would say to everyone in this room is that we cannot lose focus of what is the most important thing to our Lord and Savior. The most important thing to Jesus was souls. He gave his life for souls. How many know that? He died to save us from our sins and he commissioned us. He said, Brother Danny, go to all the world and preach the gospel. He said in another place, go ye therefore and teach all nations. It was his commission He empowered the believer, not just the pastor. He empowered the believer, not just the prophet. He empowered the believer, not just the pastor. He empowered the believer. That's why he went on and said, he said, they shall lay hands on the sick. Who? The believer. And they shall recover. The believer shall cast out devils and they shall speak with new tongues. God empowered the believer to make a difference in their world. Quit waiting on the preacher to come to your neighborhood and go to your neighborhood. Quit waiting on the preacher to witness to your family and witness to your family. You've got to focus on the harvest. Somebody shout, the harvest is near me. Where's, where's, my, where's my scope at? Would you bring my scope? How many's heard that revival's on the way and there's a harvest on the way? We need to quit talking. I realize we need to prophesy and uh, this is a spotting scope. This is my spotting scope. And I, uh, I just want to show you something here tonight. This, I got this because I'm an outdoorsman. This allowed me to see wildlife a little further, further away. And I'll never forget when I was shopping, when I was shopping for this scope. I took Sawyer with me. He's just a little boy. 
And uh, he's just a little boy. And I was excited to take him. My dad laughed because when he was born, I, I, when he was born, he was born about four o'clock in the morning. And, uh, and I'll never forget when you were born. I was so excited. It's a boy. I said, it's a boy. Now, I thought this is going to be my hunting buddy. He's about that long, you know. We got up and ate breakfast. I think we went to Don's Donuts. That's a good place. And uh, my dad said, where do you want to go? I said, I want to go to Workman's. Right down the road south of Zanesville, I went to Workman's, went in there. And Brother Brown, I went in there and looked at camouflage. I was wanting to buy camouflage right now. And my dad said, he won't be able to wear it for five or six years. I said, I know, but I just, you know, I just, happy dad. I took, I took you with me, sorry. You're just a little, little, little tiny boy. I don't know, you're just a little over two years old. And I was looking for a spotting scope, you know. I, and I did something like this. I, I got this spotting scope out, and we were in Cabela's, and man, we were just dad, father, father, son time. And I did something like that. I got this spotting scope, and I looked in like that, looking way across Cabela's. Probably had it on one of those stuffed animals. How many has been to Cabela's? One of those stuffed animals. I got it zoomed in. And I was looking real far off. I turned around, and you were gone. I mean, it was like, I didn't tell Cindy for a long time. <laughs> long time, matter of fact. And uh, while I was looking away for a, a something real far away, I lost something that was real close to me. I turned around. Sawyer! 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 Sawyer? I run in the bargain cave. I ran around. Sawyer? And I told the man in the day, I said, I've lost my son. I can't find him anywhere. I am running. Now, if you'd have seen me, you'd have been embarrassed of me as your pastor. I am running. <laughs> I am running through Cabela. Sawyer! Sawyer! All of a sudden, across the intercom, it was like code green, whatever that was. Code green meant there's a missing child in the building. They lock the doors and all the people come in and find the uh, Amber Alert, you know. And uh, finally, I go back and there's a man right where I was. He said, I found your boy. I was so glad. You know what Sawyer was doing? He decided to play hide and go seek from me. <laughs> Little rascal. And uh, I scared to tell his mother. I'm afraid she wouldn't let me ever take my son anywhere again. My point tonight is, is that while I was facing way off on something great, I lost something close. And if we're not careful, we'll talk about something great down the road that God's going to do, and we won't see what God is doing right now. We're talking about in the future what God's going to do. And we lose focus that he's moving in my family. He's moving on my friends. He's moving in our community. He's moving on my neighbor. He's moving in this youth group. Quit waiting on the next great thing and see what God has put in your face right now. Because the harvest is here. The harvest is right now. Somebody shout, he's doing it right now. I want you to turn to two or three people and say, quit talking about what he's going to do and look what he's doing now. He's doing it now. Come on, how many believe he's doing it now? How many believe he's doing something right now in this city? Let's quit talking about what he's going to do and look what he's doing now. We need to magnify what he's going to do right now. He's doing it. He's doing it. 
praise God. We're training up. We're teaching. We've been doing Bible studies. We have church three times on Sunday. We have church on Wednesday night. We have church a lot. And if we're not careful, we'll get in a mindset, oh, praise God, there's prophecy. Great things gonna happen at the anchor. Oh, we rejoice. Oh, I can see it way down the... Quit talking about tomorrow and open your eyes for today. Amen. We just baptized somebody Wednesday night. We baptized somebody last Sunday night. Come up here, Brother Michael Croston, run up here. Preach the dynamic message on Wednesday. You know what you are? You're right now a miracle. You're the fruit that's on the vine of this church. We're not gonna talk about what you're gonna be. We're so thankful for who you are. We're thankful for this man of God. Come on. Let's not talk about what he's gonna be. Let's celebrate who he is. God is moving on him right now. Hallelujah. Amen. Michael on Monday, sitting in the barber chair. If you were, if you're, you believe he cuts my hair? <laughs> Fian said when he was six, he said, I don't want to go to your barber, Dad. He thought it was Michael's problem. Hey, sitting at the barber chair. Oh, my pastor said God's going to use me one day. Well, you better look at their head if you're cutting their hair. <laughs> oh, one of these days God's going to use me. I'm gonna... Oh, I'm so excited about my future ministry. If you think about that, you'll miss the moment. But when you started believing it's here, it's now, quit saying there are four months to the harvest, you start going to work praying. You start going to work believing God's going to put the right people in your chair. Believing God's going to put the right people in your path. And on Monday, he starts talking to a man. The man starts opening up, talking about wanting to be right with God. Tell me that's an accident. That's not an accident. That's God adding to the kingdom such daily such as should be saved. Listen, he said, he said, I want to be right. And he starts teaching him a Bible study while he's cutting his hair. And he talks to him about being baptized in the name of Jesus. And when it gets to the end of it, that man said, I'd like to be baptized. When can I get baptized? He said, right now. Right now. Right now. He didn't wait till Wednesday. He didn't wait till... He didn't wait six months down the road when we do baptism. Oh, no, 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 no. He took him right now, just like in Acts 16. They took them the very same hour and baptized them right there. And that's what happened on Monday. I think we had to shout about it because that is focusing on the harvest. I'm preaching to some of you. God's put them in your path. God's put them in your workplace. God's, God's moved them beside your house. They wait on you at Cracker Barrel. They're your waiter at Bob Evans. God knew which table you were gonna sit at and which, which section that they wait on. God orchestrated it. Oh, but they're waiting on you and they're hungry. They've been praying, they've been seeking God and you're eating your Sunday buttermilk chicken. Oh, wasn't service good today? Oh my, we had a good Sunday. You heard pastor talking about future revival. Y'all can be seated. Oh, that waiter's sitting right, come there, filling up your sweet tea. Been praying every night, God send them somebody. Now they're waiting on you. You're talking about what God's gonna do in the future. 
and their three feet. And I'm going to tell you why we miss it. Because we're talking about tomorrow. And he said, right now is the moment. I come to submit to this congregation tonight. Revival's not coming. It's here. It's here. It's here right now. The greatest harvest we've ever seen is not next summer. It's not the next camp meeting. It's not the next conference. It's right at your door. It's your neighbor. God has opened the door for you. You just got to focus on it. And if you'll focus on it, you'll receive it. Here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. You, you see that? Come here. Come here. You see that door right there? That's your neighbor's door. You see that door right there? I want you to go knock on that door. Go knock on that door. I'm going to tell you what to say. You haven't noticed the door's already open, praise God. Knock on it. Oh, they're coming. They're coming. It's your neighbor. It's your friend. It's somebody next door. And you say, I just came. I've been praying. I'd love you to go to church with me. He's telling them right now he wants them to go to church with him. Amen. You know what they're going to say? I've been hoping you've asked me. I've been hoping you'd ask me to go to church with you. Because we got in our minds that they're not going to come. But don't forget it. God's already prepared their heart. They've already been seeking. God's been stirring. All they need is to hear the voice of the believer. And there's power in the voice of the believer. This is two Sundays in a row. I've been talking about the power of the church, a praying church. I'm going to talk tonight about a witnessing church. I believe you have power in your words. That When you say, I want you to go to church with me. Is there anything I can pray with you about? You know what I believe? I believe the door is wide open for miracles to take place in your home, in your community, in your neighborhood. I just feel that tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You know what I believe? I believe if somebody got a burden for children, that there's children all up and down Pine Street, all those crisscross streets where there are young people that would love to be in the house of God and feel the presence of God. You know what they're missing? A laborer. They're missing somebody focused on the harvest. They're missing somebody that's thinking about, we could fill this church up right now. We could fill these classrooms up right now. We could fill our church vans up right now because the harvest isn't coming. The harvest is right now ready. Amen. The only thing the harvest is missing is a laborer to go out and say, hey, won't you come and be a part about what, of what God is doing? The kingdom is near you. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. I'm almost done. Where's Claudia at? Wave your hand back there, Claudia. Run up here with Pastor. Come here. She helps us at our school. She comes. She lives right up the road. We went door knocking this summer. She helped us with our food pant or with our clothing thing here. And she helps us with the school serving the kids. And she's usually just sitting here. She's back there in the dark tonight. We got a light out. Amen. Try to fix it. But Claudia came because somebody knocked on her door. Isn't that right? Invited her to the church and she gave her life to the Lord and was baptized, amen, because somebody went to her house. There is, there's a beautiful family that come to church with you every Sunday morning and they pray and they seek God and they love God. And you went out because we heard that there was harvest is ready. You went out with Brother Gio and company and different ones. But Brother Michael, you don't have to stay up there, I'm sorry. I can't tell you how many times a preacher used me and forgot about me. You went out on the streets. Y'all can be seated. Went out on the streets and 
God sent you. You believe that? God sent you. Not just going. You see, when you go in the effort of God, he sends you in the direction you're supposed to go. You know, I just think we'll do this neighborhood. I think we'll go. I'm sorry, I forgot about you too, didn't I? (laughs) Are they coming to church with you? Did they answer the door? Yeah, he said, yeah, praise God. He's going to be a prophet. Amen. He he stops by and sees somebody and runs up to him and says, hey, uh, just want to know if you come to church. Can, Can I pray with you? And I think the first thing they said was no. They said, oh, we pray every day. Then they stopped and they said, you just going out and praying for people? Yeah, that's what we're doing. Because we don't believe the harvest is in the building. We believe the harvest is in the field. My dad would say, you don't stand in the barn and wait on the harvest to show up. You go get it. Somebody shout, go get it. It's ready. Amen. And, and, and before it was over with, and he said, well, we have been praying. We just got in town from Hawaii and we've been praying that God that, that would show us the church we're supposed to go to. You know what? And here he is, steps out, talks about come to church with me. One person in the city prayed and they said, God, if it's your will for us to go to the anchor, give us a sign. Let somebody come to our house or something. Said, so next thing you know, somebody showed up and said, here, why don't you come to the anchor with me? I'm telling you, there are people that are praying, where do I go? What do you have next for me? I believe that there's more. I believe you got more for my life. And you know what? The only thing that this city is missing is somebody to go gather it. It's the only thing missing. Come on. And if you're going to wait on good weather, if you're going to wait on good weather to see it happen, you're going to be given to poverty, the Bible says. If you wait and watch the clouds to sow the seed, or if you wait and watch the clouds to gather the harvest, the Bible says even in the harvest, the snow's going to fall. I read it this morning. But can I tell you, if the harvest is ready, you stop everything that you're doing and you go after the harvest. And I'm preaching to you right now. It's ready. It's more ready than it's ever been. It's ready right now. We need to get rid of this thing. We didn't get ready. We didn't get rid of that and start realizing we are living in what we used to be looking at. We are living in the fulfillment of the prophecies from years to go. Come on, clap your hands and say the harvest is ready. Amen, amen. Somebody shout, the harvest is ready. So when you go to work tomorrow, you realize God put them there with you. My dad went on the job and I was looking at it. We were... Gio, you was in the car. He was sharing that with you, Brother Dan, the other day when we were going to Glen Ferris. And he was talking about Candleton Cold Tipple. He said, I used to work in that building right there. He said, Come, somebody came to me and said, hey, we'd love for you to see Greg. Greg really needs a miracle in his life, going through a lot. My dad went home that night and he said, Lord, would you, would you move me tomorrow on the job and let me work with Greg? He goes to the job the next morning and the boss comes up and says, Frank, I need you to work on the other side of the job this morning. He gets on the other side of the job, and guess who he's working with? Greg. He sees Greg on that morning, and Greg says to him, I prayed last night that God would let you work with me, preacher, because I need God in my life. You know what we need? We need people that will see the miracles of now. I just got a question. Do you believe people need what God has given you? Do you believe you have something worthy of giving? Prayer, truth. The gospel. Come on, I wish somebody would jump your feet and get what I'm preaching. I know it's simple, but the harvest is right now. I don't want to wait. I don't want to miss it. 
hands and receive of the Lord tonight. Lift your hands and receive of the Lord tonight. It's a right now moment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I want you to pray this, God. I want you to give us expectation of the harvest. I want you to say it again. God, I want you to give us the expectation of the harvest. Expect it to happen. I want us to expect that people are going to get baptized every single day of the week. To expect it, you've got to be excited about it. Excited about it. I'm talking about excited about it. Somebody say expect it. There's certain levels of faith. Are you ready for this? No faith, little faith, great faith, perfect faith. Brother Cunningham teaches that the highest level of faith is expectation. You expect it to happen. Expect it to happen. You know what I believe we need in this building? We need an expectation of the harvest. What's the harvest? It's people coming to the altar and repenting of their sins and giving their lives to God and accepting the gospel of Jesus Christ in their life. That is worthy of being of celebrating. Three places in scripture where heaven celebrated. Creation, when Jesus was born. You ready for the third one? When a one sinner repents. Are you ready? Creation, when Jesus was born and when one sinner repents. Sad thing is when all of heaven rejoicing over a sinner repenting and we just sit there. Oh no, not in the anchor. When one sinner repents, we're not even gonna wait on them to get baptized. We're gonna celebrate when they get in the altar and receive the gospel. We're gonna celebrate it. <laughs> Repentance. They've turned their heart from sin. Come on, they've received the gospel. They've received the gospel. Hey, when somebody's repenting of their sins, we shouldn't be talking about Ohio State football or football, or deer hunting, or it's the most wonderful time of the year and it's Christmas. When there's a sinner repenting, we ought to be praying. Somebody in this altar welling before God, they're dying on the altar, they're giving their life to him. We ought to take those conversations to the foyer, but the sanctuary ought to be a place at that moment where we are pushing and praying for somebody's soul to be changed. Come on, because that's why all that really matters. Thank you, Jesus. I feel this tonight. I appreciate a nice screen and a nice building, but our focus cannot be this building. Amen. God will provide the next building if we need one. God's going to provide it. We got to focus on people. We got to focus on souls. We got to focus on the gospel. We got to focus on the gospel. Somebody shout, there's a harvest. Everybody say, and it's here right now. Now I want you to challenge your neighbor and say, what are you waiting on? Oh, I'm waiting on a PhD in theology. I'm, I'm waiting on the pastor to pour oil over my head. I've already pulled water over half of you. It's time to go. It's time to let somebody know. Well, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. Well, the only place in the Bible where it says they had no faith, he said, why are you so fearful? Quit being afraid of rejection. Quit being afraid of inviting people. You need to invite people 
as if you need to talk to people as if they're the ones praying for God to send you to them. Don't approach them if they're going to reject you. Approach them as if they've been waiting on you. Approach them as if you're the God sent. And I feel authority. Approach them as if you're the blessing that God's sending them. Approach them as if you're the answer to the prayer of their grandmother. Approach them as you're the answer to prayer of their father. You're coming to them. I'm not saying that you're God's gift, but I am saying you are the gift from God to them. I'm not talking about arrogance. I'm talking about confidence that he said go into all the world, yes, preach the gospel to every single person. Amen. And we, we, we've limited this to a building on a Sunday. That's not the will of God. The Bible says they were addicted to the ministry of the saints. That means the ministry of the saints. The saints left the building of teaching and they went and told everybody they knew about Jesus. Every saint, young and old, went and talked about Jesus everywhere they went. And you know what they did? They filled the cities with the gospel. Can't fill this city with the gospel from this pulpit. But we can fill this city with the gospel from your workplace and from your home and from... It's got to be you. It can't just be me. Sin laborers. Sin laborers. Amen, Brother Joe and Sister Rose. Do that Bible study on the north end. Invite everybody you can. Fill your house filled with people. And fill that place up with a prayer meeting of people and teach that Bible study to people and God will honor it. God will move among it. People will get the Holy Ghost in your living room if you expect it and believe it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Brother Tyler, I say to you, as a young preacher, don't wait up here. Don't wait to get up here to preach the gospel. Preach the gospel to a co-worker. Preach the gospel to a waiter. Preach the gospel to somebody in your family. Don't wait on a pulpit to preach the saints. It's for the world. It's for the people. It's for the souls of men. I wish somebody would catch on fire tonight and go into the harvest field and set it ablaze. Clap your hands and praise him all over the building. Somebody one time went to the wrong church, pulled in the wrong church when they turned around in the parking lot. When they were exiting the building, exiting the parking lot, a big sign over the exit says, you are now entering the harvest field. This is not the harvest field. This is the house of the laborers that are sent into the harvest field. I need to be released. No, you need to go tell what God's done for you. I just need a show of hands. Has God ever done anything for anybody in this building? Tell it to somebody. Brother Eric, I was thinking earlier about rejoicing. Brother Eric, wave your hand. Brother Eric Curtis, he fell out of a tree and almost died. And he told me, he said, if I'd have died, I'd have been lost. He said, but God spared me to get my heart right with God. He came to this church, the gospel was preached and he ran to the altar and repented and we baptized him. And I come to tell you, I rejoice over your repentance. I rejoice over your repentance. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Are you hearing what I'm preaching? Get excited when a soul gets saved. Oh, we're baptizing another one. No, we ought to sing. Hell lost another one. Another one's making her way to heaven. Come on, I'm talking about owl running, leaping and jumping and dancing and shouting. Why? Because another soul has been saved. Somebody gave their life to God. You can, if you can stand on your head for a football game and go crazy and lose your mind because the Buckeyes win, 
And the soul gets saved. Oh, no, no, no. We should be more excited about the world than we are. Eternal soul giving their life to God. I think we ought to praise him for every soul being saved. Praise him for every person being baptized. Somebody say amen. Thank God for prophecy, but we're living in it right now. I want you to lift your hands again. And I want you to ask God to let you see the harvest now. I don't want to lose what's close to me. Come on, God's going to reveal to you people that he's put in your life right now. Don't miss the moment. Don't miss the moment. Hallelujah. Amen. They can come to the keyboard. Just remain standing. Everybody good? I was a college student. Engineering school. And in between fall and spring semester. I had a burden. had a few weeks on my hands. I went to the secretary of the church. And I said, can you get me all the guest cards? I'm going to try to teach a Bible study. I'm just a teenager. I'm going to teach a Bible study. Now, on the guest cards back then, it, it would say... Would you like a home Bible study? Sir, it was, the boxes on that, I don't know who designed that, but the boxes on that was sort of like when I'd ask a girl to go with me when I was seven years old. Would you go with me? We didn't know where we were going, but you know how it is. Yes, no, and maybe. <laughs> I called even the maybes. And I called them and I said, hey, this is Brother Aaron from the church. I just saw in your guest card you've been in the church. I just want to know, would you like a Bible study? I'd love to sit down with you, teach a Bible study. I'd meet you at the church, come to your home, whatever. My dad had only business cards. We make house calls. That's a, that's a labor in the harvest field right there. Look at your neighbor and say, we make house calls. Amen. We'll come pray for you right in your house. You're watching online, we'll come to your house. Unless it's in Zimbabwe right now. Amen. We'll send somebody there. Hey, I called, I called Pat Byron. And his wife, Jesse, answered the phone. I said, she said, hey, Brother Aaron. I said, hey, this is, I just called and want to know if I can teach y'all Bible study. I saw y'all were at the Christmas program. Oh, it was so good to see you. And she said, oh, Brother Aaron, we're under such conviction. I'll have Pat call you when he gets in tonight. He did. Pat called me. He said, I'd love to do a Bible study. I'm under such conviction. God's dealing with me. Came in and basement room of that church across an old white table opened my Bible and into his marvelous light and started teaching them book of John you must be born again Acts 2.38 man confesses in his heart all the way down the line about the power of the word obey that form of scripture man save your soul went down the line with the gospel when I got, when I got somewhere midway through it he was weeping and crying tears were dripping on that table he repented of his sins. We baptized him and God filled him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He played the bass in the bar, but now plays the bass in the church. And now guess what he is? He's a, he's a minister of the gospel there. 
And that's been 20 some years ago. And he still lives for God. And I wonder, what if I hadn't taken time to do it? What would have happened if there hadn't been a laborer in his world? Maybe God would have sent some, some from somewhere else, hopefully. But what I'm saying to you in this room right now, you're waiting on somebody else and God's waiting on you. You're waiting on something down the road and God's saying right now, lift your eyes. Come on, lift your eyes. Come on, lift your eyes on the fields. They're white. They're ready to harvest. They're living right beside you. They're working with you. In some cases, they live with you. God's put them right there. Don't do what I did, looking way off and lose my boy that's right next to me. Lost my son because I'm looking way off. Listen, I'm not going to lose this right now. Do you feel it? Receive it. If you feel it, I'll tell you, I'll preach what I feel. The Lord's doing something in this room right now. I'm done. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Sister Emily, Brother Cody, I want you to go with her. I want you to go get sheets of paper. I want you to go get big fold of paper. Bring them. I want you to, I want you to put stacks up here. Get boxes of ink pens. Boxes of ink pens. I feel this. God's going to bring revelation of people that's three feet from you. And I want you to focus on them. The guy that's coming this weekend, he goes to the same gas station, he'll go to the same restaurant, sit at the same table, and meet the same people, and he'll win them to the Lord. He'll work relationship with them until he wins them to God because he believes God puts paths across his path. Everybody take your hand like this. Do it like this. Ready? Do your hands like this and align it. It's called spiritual alignment. God's giving you what they need and they're looking for what you have. An angel will not preach the gospel. You can't find it in scripture. But an angel will send you to the preacher. Acts chapter 10. There are harvest angels right now that are working in this city and the Lord has had me to preach this tonight to tell you he's going to send them to you. To your, to your life. Do you believe that? We're going to have paper stacks up here and ink pens. And I want you to start writing them down. I'm going to be a preacher the rest of my life. I'm going to tell you something I will do the rest of my life. Brother ben, Brenton Barton, I will teach a home Bible study like I've done with you and Crystal and your kids and the neighbors that you're winning to the Lord. Come up here, Brent. Come here. Uh, I think Crystal's holding a baby. Come up here, Crystal. Every Wednesday at 6 o'clock. Every now and then we cancel. Come up here, stand up here with me. You know what the Lord told me? He said, don't wait on them to get full truth. He said, let them go at the, at the level of experience and knowledge that they have now and tell them to go tell. I mean, remember the dream. I preached a message called First Steps. I preached the shallow end of the pool. And every Wednesday, just about every one of them, for two years, we do a Bible study on Wednesday night. I believe there's a minister inside of him. I believe there's a call of God in him. And you're going to see it surface. How many believe that? But I didn't wait until he got in the pulpit. She calls me. Listen. She, she'll call me and have a burden for my neighbor. I didn't tell them in 10 years from now you can make a difference. 
What did I tell you? You can go right now and make a difference. They brought somebody to my office, had never even heard the word Calvary. Had never heard the gospel. Not one verse out of the Bible had they ever heard. Tell them the truth. And I sat there and told them about Jesus and they come to the altar and repented. Now the daughter, I call her Esther because she's got brilliance in her, a love for God. Now she comes to the Bible study. Got two little kids that come with them. Uh, Christopher and Gabby, three and four. He told his sister the other night Bible study, he said, stop, I'm talking to the pastor. He's three. He came in with his Bible the other night. They got him a Bible and wanted to sign it. He comes in. He wanted to take it to school. His mom said, you can't take it to school. But he said, I want to take it everywhere I go. He's three. Who knows what he's going to be, but I can't talk about that. I know what he is right now. He's powerful now. They're not going to be powerful. They are powerful. They're not going to be used of God. They are used of God. That's what I'm trying to preach. Finn, I'd love to talk about your future, but I've got to see where you are now. Sawyer, if I just talk about tomorrow, I'll never focus on the now. You've got something now. You've got something now. Win your world, Brent. Reach your family, Brent. Crystal, there's power in your prayer. How many believe that right now? Come on, if you want this. Come on, you want to do something for God right now? I'd run up here if I was you. Come on, if you want to do something, I'd run up to this altar. Quit talking about what you're going to be. I'm going to do something. I'm going to make a difference. Hallelujah. You're not too young and you're not too old. God has put them in your path. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're going to be the hope. You're going to be the lifeline. Your neighbor might be on drugs today, but tomorrow they can be free. A neighbor on this side could be in trouble today, but they could be free. Because everybody, when they hear the gospel, they've got an opportunity to have a life-changing experience. Come on, begin to pray for somebody. All over this building, begin to pray for somebody. Hallelujah.
your hands and say, I want the Lord to use me. I want the Lord to do a work in my life. paper and an ink pen. Everybody that would, get a sheet of paper and an ink pen. You can have them. You can take the pen with you. You don't have to give it back. But everybody get a sheet of paper and an ink pen. You can fold it halfway. Stick it in your Bible. At the top of it, I want you to write focus on the harvest but the harvest is now We're baptized today. Three people baptized in Woodsfield. Come on, that's worth rejoicing about. And one person received the Holy Ghost. Two received the Holy Ghost, and one was 80 years old that received the Holy Ghost today for the first time. Somebody shout hallelujah! Honey, I'll never forget something you told me. You said, here we are trying to reach all these people we don't know. You said, but what about my grandpa? It's not saved. Do you remember that? Sometimes we're trying in our mind going to reach all these people that we've never seen, Brother Josh. 
we forget about that God puts people in our life to win that we do see. Everybody say, right now. She said, I'm worried about my grandpa. I'm concerned about him. She said, I don't know what to do. I said, I don't either. She said, let's just pray tonight. Do you know we prayed that night and he didn't sleep for two weeks. Got under conviction, didn't he? He kept saying, I'm not saved. I feel I don't have any peace. I feel lost. Y'all can go down. I'm sorry. I keep forgetting about everybody. For two weeks, he didn't sleep. He got restless, brother Luke. And he kept saying, I'm not saved. Family tried to comfort him in so many ways. We went to see her grandpa and we walked in. He'd always call you what, number, number 14, he'd call her. He called me Aaron. When I came in that day, he said, Cindy. He said, hey, preacher. He said, I feel lost. 86 years old. I feel lost. Got the Bible out. I said, Papa, have you repented of your sins? And he said, no. I said, let's repent. Now, I know you believe, but have you repented? I told, showed him the Bible. He repented right there. Got done repenting. One of the sweetest prayers you'd ever heard. That lived, through, went through World War II and gave his life to the Lord right there. Because there's power in the gospel. Everybody say the power is in the gospel. I realize, I thank God for power for preachers, but the power is in the gospel. You think you've got to be eloquent have a loud voice like your pastor? That's not what brings power. Isn't the volume of my voice. It's the power of the gospel. It is the power of God. Oakley, you're not too young to share the gospel. You know that too, don't you, buddy? Because when you share it, the gospel itself is very powerful. When you tell people about the, the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it's powerful. And that as Jesus died, we can die in repentance. And as he was buried in a grave, we can be buried in baptism. And as he was resurrected, we can be resurrected in new life. A new person, how many can say amen? And as he repented, I said, Papa, you want to be baptized? I'll show him the verse. Repent and be baptized, every one of you. Show him the verses. Uh, Acts 22, 16, arise and be baptized. Wash away thy sins, call on the name of the Lord. He said, I want to be baptized. We took him down and baptized him in a horse trough. When he come up out of the water, just like when Jesus come out of the water, the Holy Ghost descended on him that day. And I'm telling you, there's power in this. What I'm saying is, trying to reach people you haven't even met yet, and God's put people in your life right now. And honey, I don't want to ever miss it as a dad. Is that trying to reach people that are far off and miss kids that are my own kids that are three feet from my house, three feet from my feet, three feet from me. Amen. Training other preachers and not training my own. I don't want to do that. We got one of the greatest opportunities. Some of the finest people in the world attend this church. I don't want to talk about everybody this way off. When we got one of the great, look at these young people. Some of the greatest young people on the planet are in this church tonight. Some of the greatest young families in this church. Some of the greatest seniors. Some of the greatest children are right here. And the devil can get us thinking about another time period to somebody else. I'm going to tell you, we're going to miss it. But if we'll see what God's put in our life right now, we could raise up an army to change this city and change this world. How many believe that tonight? Look at your neighbor and say, you're a world changer. Lord, I pray that you bring revelation to them. They'd see, open their eyes and see what's at their feet. Open their eyes and see what's right next to them. Help them not to miss it because of great prophecies 
Help them to get their eye out of the scope. And they get their eye on the now. Quit talking about what will be and see what already is. I want you to take on that paper and I want you to write some names of people that are three feet from you. Come on, I want you to take that, that paper. I know a little different tonight, but that's all right. Maybe five or six or seven names, whatever. Write some names that God's put three feet from you. Could be a coworker. Could be a cousin. Could be your best friend. Could be your children, a grandchild. He said, send laborers. Harvest is here. Harvest is here. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.